Welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast for women in midlife who are ready to lose the mental and emotional weight of dieting. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an undieting dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. Join me as I talk with other experts in the fields of intuitive eating, women's health, body image, and so much more. You'll also hear stories of women just like you who have learned to undiet their lives and fully embrace wellness without obsession. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's live, and I've been doing these throughout the month of January, and they've been pretty fun, so let's keep doing them. We are going to talk today about uh, another question that came in from, this was actually from a client, and it really I get it a lot, and it has to do with heart health related to midlife, and since February is National Heart Month, this is a good time to talk about this. We're also going to talk about Uh, a tip that I call how to go from chaos to confidence with food, especially in midlife when we've got, we're juggling a lot of balls, we've got a lot going on. And so I'm going to give you the strategy on how to know whether you're physically nourished enough and if you're uh, self-nourished enough and what can happen if we're not nourished in both of those areas in terms of your relationship with food. So I often get this from from clients or even in discovery calls with with folks who will be potential clients. And it's the question of like, I had my recently had my labs done, my blood work done, and it says my cholesterol is creeping up. My blood sugar is also creeping up. How can I be healthy without focusing on weight loss? Because that's the message we get, right? But what if you have a disordered relationship with food, you have a history of disordered eating and, and, or you don't want to create either one of those because trying to lose weight in an intentional way could create a really negative relationship with food. So what if that focus is not a good fit for you? I would argue it's not a good fit for most people, but you already know that because you're here. So what, what do you do then? You, it's not, you don't want to be stuck with these numbers continuing to increase. You want to honor your health. Again, honoring your health with gentle and compassionate nutrition in midlife. What do you do? So as I think I've, I've mentioned before, the key in midlife is to add. Add, not subtract. So when that comes to food or exercise, in midlife and this metabolic health piece, instead of focusing on that number on the scale, which can put kind of put us in that subtract mindset, instead focus on what can I add? Can you add more fiber to your diet? We add more fiber, fiber acts like a sponge in our body and it's gonna help absorb any of that extra cholesterol and or extra blood sugar and help you eliminate it. Can you add more uh, physical activity? in whatever shape or form that is, and whatever level of intensity it is, by simply moving our bodies, it does a couple of things. One, it's helping to burn up some of the extra blood sugar, but it's also helping us move through our stress response. And in midlife, we have a ton of stress, let's be honest, even if it's kind of low-grade chronic stress, but we still have the potential to have a number of stress hormones running through our body. And evidence has shown when we can move our body, it helps move those stress hormones through our body. And so that can help bring down cholesterol levels as well as blood sugar levels. So movement can help kind of from 
two different directions, both the physiology of using up extra blood sugar and decreasing stress and those stress hormones, which brings down cholesterol. So again, think about what you can add. Now from an actual food perspective, if I'm thinking about adding more fiber, maybe um, choosing a new fruit or vegetable to add this week. Maybe thinking about adding in more beans during the week or lentils, which also incidentally are high in, in phytoestrogens and um, phytonutrients that help with any menopause or perimenopause symptoms. So win-win both directions. Um, and keep it fun, keep it light. Uh, try a new recipe that has any of these foods, more fruits and vegetables, more beans, legumes, uh, whole grains, nuts and seeds. All of those things are great sources of fiber. And of course, the gold standard for fiber, and especially when it comes to lowering cholesterol, is oats. And you can use oats in a ton of different ways. My personal favorite is granola. I make a batch of granola every week. I love having it for and after lunch dessert, love having it sprinkled in smoothies, love having it in a bowl straight up with some soy milk or some yogurt on it too. So um, you can also just do regular oatmeal. Um, plenty of my clients really enjoy oatmeal, both the savory side of oatmeal, which I never thought about before, but one of my clients stirs in some savory herbs. She cracks a uh, fried egg over the top of it, bingo. So you can get really creative with oatmeal. So again, when you think about your metabolic health in midlife, your heart health in midlife, think about adding instead of subtracting. And think about adding in that food and that movement and that stress reduction area versus focusing on that scale. You will get a lot farther in terms of feeling better, better in and about your body when you focus on adding versus that more subtractive, contractive mindset that comes with focusing on the scale. So that's my answer to that question. Now let's jump into the next topic, which was this idea of physical nourishment versus self-nourishment. What's the difference between them? And incidentally, by working on this practice that I'm going to teach you, it will also help with that metabolic health too. So it directly relates to the question that we just answered. So, okay, self-nourishment, let's start there. That I define as kind of this big picture nourishment. It includes what we eat and the nourishment from food, but it also includes how we move our body, how we uh, address stress and work on stress resilience, the connections that we have with people and ourselves, our hobbies, and what you like to do kind of in your spare time. So self-nourishment is, is this big picture. You might have probably also heard it as self-care and self-care practices. I tend to use the terminology self-nourishment because self-care has gotten really overused, um, feels a little cliche, and it's been so co-opted by the diet and wellness culture. So I'm going for more of this nourishment perspective. So that's the big picture. Now, like I said, physical nourishment is a part of self-nourishment, but physical nourishment, there we're looking at more directly where you fall on that hunger, satisfaction, and fullness spectrum. So how are you feeling hunger in your body? How are you noticing satisfaction with food through mindful eating? How are you noticing fullness in your body, both emotional fullness, physical fullness with the food? 
So for more information on that spectrum, you can tune into the series that I did in January on how to be great at intuitive eating in midlife. And I think it was episode two or three, um, but double check that on the Saber Food and Body podcast. So like I said, physical nourishment is part of self-nourishment. But what happens when you don't get enough self-nourishment throughout the day, or throughout the week? Often what I see in my clients and many other women I talk to is they can reach for more mindless eating or distracted eating, or some of them even identify it as comfort eating. So it's really easy to turn towards food for that sensory experience, get some sensory pleasure when the rest of life feels really chaotic or we're just really spent by the end of the day because we've been putting out everybody else's fires and helping everybody else with their needs. And so we're feeling a little frazzled. Our self-nourishment cup is not only drained, it's got holes in it and it feels pretty impossible to fill that cup back up again. So that's what can happen if we let that self-nourishment be really depleted. We can often look towards food and we might even mistake the fact that we're physically nourished or we're physically unnourished for maybe the distracted eating or the comfort eating. So how to know if, if we are turning towards food and that distracted eating is from a lack of physical nourishment or like I said, this lack of self-nourishment. And there is a distinction here. So if you notice, you know, it's the middle of the afternoon or even late in the evening, and you're noticing a hankering for the potato chips, the tortilla chips, the dessert, chocolate, um, M&Ms is a common one with my clients. And you check in with yourself and you, you ask yourself like, one, did I get enough overall self-nourishment throughout the day? And we're gonna get into that in a second on how you can make sure you're getting enough. And also, when's the last time that I ate a satisfying meal? So I see this all the time with my clients in that we're go, 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 and may not they may not have had a time to actually sit their butt down for 10 minutes and enjoyed a meal or even just got the job done, but you sat down, you paused the rest of your life and you fed yourself for 10 minutes. And ideally fed yourself in a way that was pretty balanced. We had some carbs, we had some protein, we had some fat doesn't have to be that way all the time. But for a majority of our eating experience, ideally we're getting a balance of all those nutrients. Because when we do, we feel more satisfied overall and we're less likely to feel like we're, we're missing something. We're missing something from a satisfaction perspective, which can lead us to that grazing and munching and the, the looking for the satisfaction somewhere else later in the day or later in the afternoon or even on into the evening. So if you notice yourself being pulled to go and grab whatever the snack is and you're noticing like, I don't think I'm really physically hungry, check in with yourself in two aspects. One, ask yourself, well, how long has it been since you had that solid meal? And also how well have you been doing at nourishing yourself in kind of that big picture way? And that can kind of lead you to, do you need food? Do you need a walk? Do you need 10 minutes of breathing to yourself um, and in order to connect with yourself again? So let's get into that a little bit more. So how do we avoid 
that limited or distracted eating related to the lack of self-nourishment. And one of my clients came up with this activity last summer when we were working together. And it's really brilliant. One, it's modeled after a menu, which, okay, I'm the food person. Menus are a big part of my life. But I like this idea of a menu versus a list because we have enough lists in midlife. We have enough lists that we're trying to check off both our own and everybody else's. So I don't really prefer that word list idea of menu more comes from you've got a, a variety of options to choose from. Anytime you sit down at a restaurant with a menu, you think, gosh, do I want a salad? Do I want a starter? What do I want for my main course? What maybe do I want for my drink, my dessert, right? So you've got options, you've got categories. When you think about creating a self-nourishment menu, I invite you to come up with your categories. One of those categories is going to be that physical nourishment. It's going to be food. One of your categories can also be exercise, movement that you enjoy, connection with others or connection with yourself, having some downtime. You know, in midlife, it's not uncommon to feel like we need a little bit more alone time for that self-reflection to kind of help us through this transition season. Also nature. Do you need to spend some more time in nature and kind of that grounding perspective of being out with the trees and or a garden and flowers, or if you're where I am now, it's snowing again, but you're connecting to mother nature. Also your hobbies. Um, can you have a category of these are the hobbies that I enjoy and consider like, how often do you get to do those? How often do you allow yourself the permission to engage in those hobbies? Again, think about the categories that you might want in your self-nourishment menu. And then in each category, write down three to five things. So again, you're creating this menu. You've got choices to choose from. The next piece is then if you sit down, say on whether it's a Monday or a Sunday afternoon evening before the start of your week, take a look at your calendar. What do you have coming up that week? Do you have some late evenings with meetings or kids activities? Do you have some deadlines that you need to meet meeting for work? Do you have some more days that are a little bit more casual? What is coming up for you that week? And then aim to put in at least one thing from your self-nourishment menu on each day. Keep it really simple. Keep it really doable. Don't overstretch yourself to like, oh, I want one from each category on every day. Like, no, don't do that to yourself. You've got enough on your plate. So keep this really easy because the point of keeping this easy is for you to feel nourished and feel supported by doing this practice each week, not more frazzled. So you look at your calendar, you look at which day, like, oh, it makes sense to spend some time cooking for myself, for my family on Wednesday. I don't have any late afternoon, evening engagements. So on Wednesday, great, we'll make a nourishing meal. Friday, it's a little crazy. We've got this kid activity. Okay, great. We're going to pick up takeout from your favorite takeout place. Uh, maybe on Tuesday, you have a little bit later start to your day. Great, you're going to go out for a walk or do a gentle yoga session or something like that. Spend some time with your favorite morning brew and a journal, whatever that is. Have a more leisurely morning. So take a look at your calendar. Take a look at your self-nourishment menu and plug in those options for self-nourishment throughout your week. 
And I promise you, if you do that, you will one, not only get to the end of the week and feel a little less spent than you typically have been, but you also get to the end of each day and notice like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling as much of that need for at least that comfort eating and or I'm not feeling that need for that distracted eating. Now, here's a key to this piece too, from that nourish, from this the physical nourishment piece. So you're gonna have a category of food on that self-nourishment menu. I wanna invite you to choose foods or snacks or meals that you find really satisfying. Put that in that food section on your menu so that you're also getting through your week and you've had at least a handful, small handful of satisfying eating experiences. And that includes both really nutritious, nutritiously dense foods, as well as really fun, pleasurable foods that you enjoy. So we need to have a balance of both of those. And I invite you to put that balance into that self-nourishment menu. So by doing this, by having both your self-nourishment, uh, or sorry, your physical nourishment taken care of, meaning you're checking in, am I eating meals regularly throughout the day? I'm checking in on my hunger. I'm checking on in on my satisfaction and fullness, staying connected to my body in that way, and practicing this, this self-nourishment menu idea you'll not only become more resilient to the stress that comes at you in midlife, but you'll also be resourcing yourself for the people and things that matter most in your life. So I think as women in midlife, we have been conditioned to think that taking care of ourselves is somewhat selfish or taking care of ourselves means taking a, a half a day, a whole day off, going to the spa or um, taking yourself out for a girl's weekend. It doesn't have to be that complicated. And I find that it's a big jump for women in midlife that have been caring for other people and other obligations for decades to go from taking a, a whole weekend off or booking a retreat for themselves regularly. Instead, I want you to, to think a little bit smaller because again, smaller often means more doable and less overwhelming. And so thinking about like, hey, I'm doing one thing for myself this day, just one. It might only take five or 10 minutes for yourself. If you have the time and you have the capacity to do something more uh, elaborate, great, that's awesome. But don't set yourself up for thinking you have to do something in a bigger way in order for that to count as self-nourishment because that will ultimately leave you to feeling maybe a little bit guilty or like you're being too selfish. So that's another reason to keep things small, keep them doable. That is our tips for today. I'm gonna make sure that I got everything, checking out my notes. And so again, thinking about if you're uh, concerned about heart health in midlife, and you want to know what to do from a nutrition standpoint, again, think about adding versus subtracting. You've got your fiber, you've got movement, um, and that will all support your, your metabolic health and heart health in midlife. And then also consider practicing the self-nourishment menu idea. Consider giving yourself that permission to honor yourself in one way, nourish yourself in one way, 
every day during the week and plan for it. When we plan for things, then it doesn't feel like it can, is contributing to the chaos because you've made a space for it. You've made, you've given yourself this 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is in order to be there for yourself and nourish yourself. And again, by doing that, that's also gonna benefit your heart health. And that's also gonna benefit that metabolic health in midlife. And I'd love to hear from you. So drop in the comments below, what's one way that you're gonna nourish yourself this week? And also you can ask questions anytime. There's, there's a lot of nuances to intuitive eating in midlife, which I totally respect. And I'd love to hear your story. So you can always get in touch with me and ask me questions by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash contact and leave me a note there. And so with that, I'm going to wish you a terrific week savoring food in your body, and I will catch you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation inspires you to undiet your life and start savoring food and your body. You can find show notes and resources from this episode by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G. If you'd like to learn more about my one-on-one counseling or group coaching programs, go to my website, alpinenutrition.org and click work with me at the top of the page. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep savoring food and your body.